Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to the new episodes of Radio Rehab. I'm Dana, and I'm a recovering addict and an alcoholic. I'm clean and sober right now, but I've struggled with the disease of addiction for most of my adult life. It began when I was a teenager. I've had bouts of sobriety, and even during the bad times, there's always been some part of me that wanted to live life the right way, the way I am now. This show isn't just for addicts, it's for everyone. Some of my guests will be familiar to you, but their stories will be new, heartbreaking, and awe-inspiring. If you aren't one of us, you surely know us. We are your wives. Your husbands. Your daughters. Your sons. And we've gone through hell to get to the other side. This show is dedicated to the ones who didn't make it. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rehab. I'm Dana. I'm here with my buddy Chris G, who you might know from 98.5 K Fox Channel 104.9 KSJO, The Bone, or um, local meetings, which is we're both in recovery and kind of outing ourselves. Um, and so last episode we were talking about how we met and us working together at Clear Channel Radio. And now we, I want to hear uh, from Chris. I want you guys to hear from Chris about how he hit his bottom. The last, the end of the end of your run before you got clean and sober this time. Okay. Well, I had had two previous stints in twenty-eight day treatment programs, inpatient programs. So you stay there for a month. They keep you safe in this cocoon um, to where you know you really can't consume alcohol or drugs if you wanted to. You know, you you. Um, unless you're going to try and, you know, drink the hand sanitizer or something, which people, people have, have done. done. Yeah. Right. Um, some are sicker than others. And with one of those, um, it gave me some tools to work on myself. And, you know, I, I had been clean for a year or so. Um, but then, um, you know, life, if you, if you don't, if you go out there and you don't, work a program every day um if it's you know if you're diabetic you take insulin um if you're an addict or an alcoholic you know recovery is your medication whether it's working your steps going to meetings helping others whatever Mm -hmm. um i had faded out of the rooms stopped going to meetings um totally cut off my sponsor and just on a random Tuesday, I decided to, you know, buy a little shot bottle, a little airplane bottle of vodka. Um, five hours later, I had a fifth. And by the next day, I was about, well, I, I was up to about a, almost a gallon a day. Um and every time I tried to stop, I would have to go to the hospital. Um, sometimes I lived alone. Is it because you would get the DTs? Yes, you would yes. start shaking. Withdrawals. Yeah. My body had become physically dependent. 
on uh, alcohol. And the reason I had entered treatment before was was health reasons. Um, I was told by doctors I was going to die. There was one point in time where I was on a transplant list. I, I got sobriety. My liver improved. I was taken off the transplant list. Um, but yeah, no matter who I hurt in my, in my life, my family, friends, damage with work, career, whatever, the only thing that kept me reaching for help was my health because I knew I was going to die. Um, so anyway, I became so physically dependent. Um, I went to the emergency room probably about 19 times in a eight month period. I finally tried to detox myself. Did they give you meds when you would go? Were they like, hey, here's some Ativan or? They would. And a couple of times I would mix that with alcohol and end up. the way it works. (laughs) End up at somebody's house sitting on their couch. I had peed myself. I was wearing my shoes on my hands (laughs) and I was barking like a dog, you know. Just it never ended well. Hey, we gotta laugh about it because <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if we don't laugh, we'll cry. Yeah, well, seriously. So, so I, so this is this is how scary it got. Um, I had checked into a Holiday Inn Express because you know I, I'd seen the commercials. Are you a doctor? No, but I stayed <laughs> at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So I thought, you know, I'm gonna turn this around. I'm gonna stay there for like a week. I'm going to wean myself down. I'm going to walk out of here on Thursday, and I'm going to be fine, mm-hmm. and I'll take on the world. Um, it didn't work out that way. I came off alcohol so hard, and DTs kicked in. I was shaking. I couldn't eat. Dry heaving, you know, throwing, th- dry heaving, uh, throwing up bile. My tongue was green. My, uh, I had jaundice kicking in. The whites of my eyes were yellow, like Michael Jackson at the end of the Thriller video. Yeah, I had that too. Um, and then began a three-day hallucination, which doctors um, referred to or called uh, uh, withdrawal-induced psychosis. Wow. Um, uh, there were people knocking. I was on the first floor. I had switched floors. Because people were knocking at my window. But then people continued to knock <laughs> on my outside window of my hotel room. And I wasn't on the first floor. Okay? Did you complain about that? I did. Oh, no. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're in Union City. And um, it, it was Holiday Inn Express in Union City. I'll just say right there. Union Landing and uh, the... Um, you know, management kept coming in. Would you like us to call the police? You know, we <laughs> call the police. And I said, no, no, no. No, no, no cops. I'm doing the right thing. I'm trying to do the right thing here. Anyway. Is that what you said? Yeah. I'm trying Just, to do the right thing. I'm coming off this shit, okay? Just bear with me. Give me till Thursday. Yeah, um, give me six feet, dude. Yeah. So, um... Hear people knocking at the door at one point. You know, I don't know when I'm sleeping. I don't know when I'm awake. I wake up. There's a lady, you know, there's like a, uh, you know, Cambodian lady with with a baby sitting in the room. She's not really there. Right, right. But it's real to me. It's so real. And um, it came down to the final day. People are knocking. I thought there was a high school reunion 
like a 20 year reunion um, going on in the in the main hall of the place. And I thought they're all here to talk shit about me oh and make fun God. of me and say, you're the one who peaked in high school. Look at you now. <laughs> you're a mess. You know, and and I forget people. There's dudes that wanted to kick my ass from before. Whatever. I'm running from people wandering the halls in the middle of the night. I go outside. The sun is coming up. For some reason, I have to get back in. The side door is locked. I look around. I grab this huge rock. You know, you you have to two-hand lift it. And I hurl it through the glass door. Is this real or an imaginary thing? This, what I did was real. What made me do it was was all in my head. And then I ran full (laughs) speed to smash completely through the door, slipped on glass, face planted, bleeding everywhere, right where the pool is in the, uh, the, the, the swimming pool area. There's glass, blood. Thank God it was so early there wasn't children there yeah, in the pool yeah. and all that stuff. They call the, you know, they call 911. Um, I, I have a brother who's in law enforcement. Somehow word got to him. I mean, he's on a federal level of law yeah, enforcement. Yeah. So he's not like a local he's cop hardcore. who hears it on the. You no, know. he's like CSI, right? Like law and order or something. He's right. like one of those people. Right. And I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the ambulance talking about an earthquake and a high school reunion and a baby, and they're just like, what? And I look outside the ambulance, and there's my brother shaking his head. Oh, man. And so I got 5150'd, taken to John George. Which is a 48-hour psychiatric hold for people who don't know what that is. Right. I thought it was 72. Oh, yeah, it is 72 hours. Well, what's a 5250? Oh, it's a four-day. Yeah. Well, okay. I 5250 s- is a four-day. Well, Three days, fifty-one fifty. Well, I my body was so toxic and my mind was so warped. I spent eleven days in a mental institution, and um, finally convinced them, as things faded out, that I didn't belong there. That yeah. I wasn't seeing things every day in a normal state. It was just the DTS. Um, at that point. I knew I, I needed help. I need to be put in somewhere. I can't. I applaud people that can just start going to meetings. Oh, I applaud them, but don't understand them. I need to be put in some place. Oh, yeah. I need to be strapped what down. to do. <laughs> yeah, well, down. not, you know what I mean. <laughs> Tina needs to be strapped down. Um, so anyway, so I, I entered a, a longer treatment program um, a behavioral modification program um, that mainly deals with people that are that, that are sent there by the court system. Um, so it's like, yeah, you can either go to prison or you can go here and right. modify your behavior. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I had come close to death. You know, I, I'm still bat- battling, uh, you know, I'm still paying the tab. Um, physically with my body for um, the damage I did. And, you know, losing your mind for close to 11 days 
is pretty scary. Oh, that'll scare you. Yeah, I mean that'll that'll scare you into action, as they say. It takes it takes something like that for us to be willing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there has to be some kind of breaking point for us to get willing. I totally believe that. But I, I mean, I had the same thing happen. I think people don't understand that because they think, oh, you must be crazy if you had that happen. But when I was doing heroin and cocaine, this is, uh, what was this, like, I think five years ago, Tuesday. four years ago. Oh, yeah, no, last night. Uh, no, no, like four <laughs> years ago, I think I, I was doing heroin and cocaine. when I still lived in San Francisco. I'm sitting there and I had, I was having auditory hallucinations, but I was so convinced they were real. Like, I would leave my downstairs neighbor's notes that I would learn, I would go to Google and learn how to write, I'm going to stab you to death in Lebanese. So that, why Lebanese? Okay, not just because I'm only a small part Greek and Lebanese, but because that way I can be like, I didn't write that, I'm American. (laughs) You can't send me to jail. I was convinced I would break the tips off of all my syringes, tape them, and put them around the door handle of my door that came into my house through the garage. So that when somebody tried to come into my house like they were trying to do, they would get shanked by all these needles. And then be like, oh no, it's syringes. I probably got a disease. You know, the only person who got hurt by that was me because I would forget it was there. Yes. And I'd be like, God damn it, the needle thing. Damn. (laughs) But so one night I'm sitting there and I hear as plain as day my downstairs neighbor who I used to call back to her Helen. It was just an inside joke between me and my friend Carlos. Um, But downstairs Helen, her boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend Jeremy, my mom, my godmother Wendy from L.A. and her son Gabe. Um, I think Charlene was there. Um, All these people, they were having an intervention and they were all downstairs talking about what, and my mom was like, and it was so believable that my mom with her codependent stuff, was trying to make everybody do this intervention. And some people were like, hey, I think you're really pushing this on us. We don't want that. I could hear it plain as day. I left my house to get away from it. They followed me, this whole group. They followed me down the street. I could hear them making noises. Dana, like, each one saying an inside joke. Like, okay, for example, my ex-boyfriend's nickname used to be um, Puss Puss. (laughs) So it had to do with a haircut. He's yelling that word out. When Wendy, my godmother, was yelling out pie noose, which is an inside joke having to do with penis. I mean, they're all, they're just yell something that means something to her. Somebody's yelling normal, my cat. And puss, it was, puss. yeah, puss, puss, pie noose. <laughs> like, yeah. really? So then I go into a Taco Bell to avoid them, at which point they all go sit down. And I'm not making eye contact, but I know they're there. Oh my and I'm God. just sitting there like I order food. You can't eat when you're on coke and heroin. No, no. I order food. I don't know what I'm doing with it. Like playing with it, maybe making like a little drawing something, writing like a, a, a ransom note. Like, I know you're watching me with beans. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. And then so I walk back down to my I lived on in the outer mission in San Francisco. I walk back home and then like I the uh it, it had the intervention had died down and like it had faded out. I think everybody had gone their separate ways. And the next day I call my grandmother and I tell her, I'm like, you need to talk to your daughter, her daughter being my mother. I'm like, she's, she's just, she's out of her mind. She's coming over here trying to start interventions with my downstairs neighbor. My grandmother's like, what? Like I, I get a text from my mom. Like, uh, no, I actually was in Napa and that didn't happen. No one was there. I I said to my downstairs neighbor, you really shouldn't talk to my mom. And she goes, who's your mom? What? 
She and her boyfriend were looking at the way they looked at me. You're talking about backdoor Helen. Yeah, backdoor Helen. Okay. The way they were looking at me, downstairs Helen and her boyfriend were looking at me like so horrified. Like, because they could see I was completely believing that they had this thing in her house, that they had an intervention. She and my mom, who had never met and didn't even know each other, had somehow connected and were staging an intervention to get me off drugs. So I, like, you know, supersede that by calling my grandmother, like, I'm going to head them off at the pass, (laughs) like, call my grandmother and have her put a stop to it. But all I did was show how insane I am. I think my family was in denial. They were like, Oh, she must have. They must have actually been having an, an intervention for someone else downstairs, and she overheard it. Like that—that—that's how scared they were to go. Oh my God, she seriously lost her shit. Like she needs to be committed. Damn. Yeah, but, but so that—that's exactly that. But that was nowhere near the end of my run. Like I was slowly just losing everything. I was, like, I couldn't afford to live there. I was having to leave. Um. Luckily, my ex who became my fiance, like literally saved my life because nobody cared. My family was done with me. I mean, I could have moved to Mississippi, but I was in no place. I was in no state to be anywhere. Like I needed to fade off the drugs and detox. But unfortunately, I chose methadone because I'd never done that to detox. And if you are a heroin addict, do not do methadone because they will shackle you to that clinic. All they did was up my dosage until I was a walking zombie and I could never leave. I could never go out of town. If my grandmother, you know, God forbid something happened to her, I couldn't leave. Because there is no, uh, you know, they don't have a methadone dose that you could get a take home from in Lafayette, Louisiana. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, they don't have that. So right. I was stuck there. So then luckily my ex, um, or my fiance had um, really good insurance and I, I got to go do a Suboxone detox and get off the methadone. Methadone, I mean, that was worse worse than than heroin. Way worse than heroin. That's why I don't think it's such a good detox medication because it's just so much worse than heroin. I remember because in order to go into Suboxone therapy for methadone, you have to be like three days off of it. Because what it is, it's called an agonist antagonist. So it plugs your opiate receptor sites and it cuts them down too. So what it means is you can't use on it. So it's a good thing. It's got naloxone in it, which will send you into immediate opiate withdrawals if you do opiates. So you have to put the 72-hour kick time in there before you even go in and they give you anything. So I'm sitting there going into the worst full-on opiate withdrawal ever, and Titanic is on. Now, I've never seen this movie. If a movie's like, if people are like, you haven't, okay, like, uh, Legally Blonde, another thing. You talk about it, it's got that name, I'm not going to see it. Titanic. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I know what happened. I'm not going to see it. Like, will they add a love story to, like, a sinking boat? Billy Zane was awesome. Yes. The movie was actually awesome. So I'm watching it, and my my fiancé is looking at me like, are you okay? I was like, oh, I mean, I, I was so freaked out. And when that boat, when it cracked in half, I was sobbing hysterically, not about the love story, but like, Oh my, like I could feel, I felt like I was there. It was so God awful. Like, I mean, I had goosebumps. I was like curled up in a ball and he's like, is this okay? Maybe you should not look at something that's intense right now. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> you know? like, and the next day I went in the treatment and then came out and I never did heroin again. 
Wow. Suboxone, I, th- I think Suboxone is, was, was a godsend. But that wasn't the end of my run because then I had to go hit my alcohol bottom. Because I really like to prove to myself. You know, I think if there's a little bit of a doubt, I'm going to have to prove myself wrong. Right. It's a very intelligent side of me. What what, what what kind of alcohol was in the car the authorities found? You, you said you passed out container? in front of an oh, no, ATM. Oh, oh, no. I passed out in the, in the parking lot of a bank. Yeah, this was the end of my run. It was my third fifth of the day, and it was, uh, I, I believe it was something like, I wouldn't be proud of, like cherry-flavored Sky Vodka. Because, you know, I was at the point where I'm not going to mix it, so I'll just get a vodka that tastes like something. Right. You know, and it was always the cheap stuff, like, oh, it's nine ninety nine at Safeway, or like six ninety nine for a whole handle of it at CVS. Um, like, peach New Amsterdam. Ah, uh, yeah, that was... I used to get that at Target all the time. But no, so I think it was either cherry or muscat grape or some kind of like flavored vodka. And I'm just sitting there. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there asleep. But before I went to sleep, I went to a payphone because my phone said dial 911. And I There's said, There's payphones still? There are. Okay. Only in Oakland on okay. international. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. think not one around here. You know, Dave, does this payphone get callbacks so I can call my dealer? Yeah, yeah I don't think of those anymore. But so, yeah, I found this payphone. I called 911. <laughs> and I found one payphone. It didn't work because I think they're fading the payphone thing out. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. So I found another one. I called 911. I'm like, there's a girl. She's in a black Scion in the Bank of America parking lot. And she wants help. And I don't know how this happened, but they went. That's you. They went, is she you? <laughs> And I went, yes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm crying. And I'm like, I just really need help. And they're like, did someone hurt you? And I said, I need to detox. <laughs> and they were like, okay, ma'am, uh, do you want to stay on the phone? I was like, no. And I hung up <laughs> and went to the car, fell asleep. And then that's where not wrong, you know. Uh, excuse me. And I'm sitting there with my open container of vodka between my legs, like, you know, my shoes are off. They took me shoeless to the hospital. Those bastards. Bastards. I had to walk with those hospital slippers, you know, the detox socks. Yeah. I had to detox walk. Detox socks. Detox socks. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, with it, it's so stupid because they're like these these kind of fuzzy socks and they've got this like tread. Yeah, the like, grip. Where are you going to be slipping and sliding on the pavement when you walk your ass in the street, like on glass? You're not going to slip, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to cut your foot, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, they give me these nasty things, and I'm walking out. I'm like, wow, I fit right in. When I was leaving that place, I'm like, wow, I have really hit an, an all-time low that people are just, that, so, that people like that are looking at me like, what's up with shoeless girl? <laughs> like, what's up with that freak? You know, and I've got Band-Aids all over me because I'm like a human pincushion from where they tried to find a vein. Yeah. yeah, which took hours, and then they finally had to use an ultrasound. And, of course, because I'm still drunk, I'm like, where'd you find it? <laughs> and they're like, nowhere you'll ever get to. Because it's like, you know, five inches deep in my arm somewhere. It's like uh. not even a vein. It's like probably an artery. I don't know. But so, so yeah, the, so then that that was, but, yeah, I, if I had not said, yes, I need help, you know where I'd be, jail. They'd be like, okay, so here you are. The car was running, by the way running. I had the seat fully reclined. I'm like, I did my part. I called for help. I'm going to sleep. I, I tried. I am drunk. But you know, the real reason I think I had gone there was to purchase crack. Because right. why snort something? It's like, if you're gonna use, just use. 
don't pussyfoot around the subject with your key bomb thing. Just get the full effect of the drug. That's how I feel about it. You know what I mean? I'm aiming to hit rock bottom as soon as possible because I don't really want to live like that. Right. So I'm going to like light myself on fire like Richard Pryor and freebase. You know what I mean? Like that. I just don't see the wasting time point. You know, part of it. But so yeah, they would have definitely. But so because I was so loaded, they're like, as a you know, we have to strap you down. And I was like, but I called you. I want help. And they're like, yeah, but you're, you're, because they did a breathalyzer or whatever. They were like, it's, we, this has to be wrong. We're going to have to do a blood one at the hospital because you, you wouldn't be alive. Be it dead. was not only right, it was worse than that. It was 0.47. Damn. I know. That's like, I know. I, they're like, I've seen men five times your size, way less than that, die. And I'm like, huh, sucks to be them. Like, because it's like alcohol. This is what I tried to explain to them. Because I really wanted help. Like really in my heart of hearts, I was in there wanting help. Yes, I drank when I got out of there, but I was in there wanting help. <laughs> I wanted it to be over, but I got out and I had to face the music with my fiance. Going, I take in this car all night. My phone was dead. Oh my God. If I were him, I would have killed me. Like, so I, I was like not even upset at him. I was like, I hope he, I would kill me. I would beat the hell out of me. He didn't do that. He just said, you need to pack and, like, go get help. And but, take your detox socks with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then he, he hit me over the head with my detox socks. No, <laughs> no, he never saw those detox socks because that would have just been, that would have really been the straw that broke the camel's back. He would have been like, oh, not you know what? Now I never want to see your ass again. Now I hope you don't get sober now that I've seen those disgusting socks you have on. No, as soon as I got to the car and found my shoes, I discarded the detox socks. <laughs> Threw them out the window. I did. Well, you know what? I at first I used one to cover the bottle because I was getting little. What What do you call it when you're in denial of your alcoholism? What are those bottle sizes? You know what I mean? When you're like, I'm not gonna go all out and get a handle. So you get them. They're they're like this big. A pint. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I think it was a pint. A pint. So and they're hideable in a sock. So yeah. I I put the detox sock around the pint and I'm sitting. <laughs> They're like drinking out of a sock. Yeah, like like a cop's gonna go. Oh, that's clearly not anything, right? You know, because it's just it's just a hospital sock yeah. with something liquid she's putting in her mouth. I'm sure it's Sprite. She's drinking foot pus. Yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was so I was there having my foot soda. Wait, wait, wait. So so the authorities took you from the scene, but left the open container for you left to return it. to. Yes. And those bastards, I think they dumped some out because I remember having at least a sip and it was more like a drop. So whoever's watching me at Bank of America, because you know, because I they I had the hospital call. I'm like, you tell them not to tow my car. You know, so they called and they're like, don't tow her car. Like, she's going to go get help. She's an alcoholic. She's going to come back and get her car. Like, so the people at the Bank of America were like, we got to see this chick. Like, this bitch, okay? Who fell asleep in a running car? Called the cops on her. So like, we gotta see. So when I get to the parking lot, I'm like, where? You know, because they give you a free cab from the hospital because like it's Oakland. You know what I mean? They're like, here, take. You know, give you. Oh, it's so ghetto. It's like it's a cab card. You know what I mean? It, you have to hand it to the cab. You can't keep it. It's yeah. Uh, it's so like you you're bad. You know, like a scolding. Like they're slapping you on the wrist. Like you just got caught doing something. So anyway, <laughs> I get out with my detox socks on. Just, I just wish I could buy my Adidas, but they're in the car. Thank God no one had stole my Adidas. You know, as so I'm in the parking lot, I look, and there's all the bank employees, including some people who look like non-employees, are all in the window like, oh, there she is. That's, oh, my God, that's her. She's back. Oh, my God. Is she white? 
Oh, I, I thought, I don't know. I'm not expecting something. I mean, they're all looking at me like with this baffled look on their face. At which point, I give them the finger. And look, I just look like a crazy homeless lady. Like, ah, oh, you bastards. <laughs> Quit staring at me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So when I don't this, know why I got Scottish. When this, hap- <laughs> when this happened, it was during business hours? When you- the next day. No, this was like at when- 2 in the morning You know okay. when, I, when that happened. And but when I got day. brought back. The bank was open for business, and they had been so kind as to tell their security guy, like, leave that car alone, because she's going to come back. We talked to the hospital. It's So they left my car, so, you know. Okay. So I get, they probably they had probably looked in it. So yeah. on the seat are shoes. <laughs> like, where is this shoeless bitch? <laughs> okay. So on the seat are my Adidas shoes, a backpack that the cops had gone through, um, it's so funny that there was a glass pipe in the glove compartment. They didn't find that. Yet they took my engagement ring off my finger, and I never got that back. It was, Damn! Yeah, it was my grandmother. I know. Thank you, Alameda County. But so, um, so uh, I get in the car. But, but so then, the, then it is just sitting there on the seat, a you know sky vodka, the dark blue vodka bottle, sure. just sitting there with like, and I. So they're watching me in the window, and I'm like, "There's only a drop." And I didn't have the, I don't think I would have had the full-on DTs because they pumped me full of fluids for 12 hours. And yeah. I didn't pee once. That's how dehydrated I was. So, but I still had the the panic feeling, you know, oh, mm-hmm. I need I need a drink, I need a drink. So they see me pick that bottle up and go, ah, and take that last drop. Dink. At which point yeah. I look back and their mouths are just all gaping open. You know, they're like, I can't believe this. I can't believe I just saw that. Wow. At which point I cruise up to a trash can that's in it's between me and them that's how much it's in their view it's one of those things that's got the slot i roll down the passenger side window and go bam and i make it and i do a little hooray <laughs> i look at them like 10 points because <laughs> i made it in the back like i made a and basket they're high-fiving each and other they're, inside. oh no they're they're shaking their head like Mm-mm-mm. like you know damn. wow what a damn shame so it's like i was telling I was telling uh, Charlene last time is that uh, I di- I chose to, to clear my head. I chose to drink. Again, after that, I got one of those little, another denial pint, you know, that I could use at my, my detox sock as a beer koozie. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I love, yes. but these stories are how, these are, these are, these are not like war stories. Well, they are war stories, but these are right. how we got these it's funny now because you got to laugh at yourself, but back then it was pain. It was a whole new kind of pain for both of us, you know, in our yeah. separate things. It, it, that is, you can laugh at it now, but good God, there's no lonelier feeling. Like nothing lonelier, nothing worse than you just can't drink anymore. You can't live and you can't die. And I think that's where you have to end up to get to get sober, where we both are right now. Uh, thank you for listening. To this episode of Radio Rehab with me, Dana, and Chris G. Don't forget your detox socks. Yeah. See you next time. Sex and drugs and rock and roll is all my brain and body need. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. Very good indeed. Keep your silly ways.
Throw them out the window The wisdom of your ways I've been there and I know Lots of other ways What a jolly bad show If all you